So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just wanna know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Commons by Celebs. And welcome to episode 11 from Quarantine. What episodes? <laughs> I know, Julie, I can't, this is just so wild. It really is. <laughs> it's really getting there, huh? I'm, to be honest with you, I am shocked and obviously happy that we still have news to talk about. Like how much longer can this go on where there's celebrity news when nothing is happening? Um, I don't know. You know? Every week when I start the outline, I'm like so nervous when I'm going through and I'm trying to pick the topics and I'm like, okay, not a lot of topics, not a lot of topics. <laughs> I know my aunt said that to me. She's like, are you guys concerned? I was like, listen, if worst case scenario one week, there's nothing to talk about. We can always do a show recap. We can always do like an evergreen episode. It doesn't, you know, our podcast isn't relying on that, but it's just crazy to be in a time when it's so minimal. What's honestly crazier is the fact that there is news even to talk about. Like this week, we have a full outline still. It's not yeah. typical news stories that we would like normally have when we're doing the podcast, but there's definitely things to talk about, which is kind of crazy. It is crazy. I mean, a lot of it is because things are coming out later, like the Drake article, et cetera, which right. we'll get into. Um, okay, let's start with Drake because you and I haven't even spoken about it as much as I want to because I think we were saving it for the podcast. Julie. I am. So excited to talk about this. I know. Okay. For anybody who is unaware, which I'm sure is none of you, Drake did a spread with Architectural Digest of his 50,000 square foot mansion in Toronto. Julie? (laughs) Holy shit. I have to say, like, regardless of what anybody thinks of the actual house or like the way it was designed, anything, if I had to pick Drake's house and design it myself, that's probably exactly what I would have done. It makes so much sense. Like it was absolutely, you know, which we'll get into some of the features. It was absolutely mind blowing to see it because like even the wealthiest of people don't necessarily live with that type of extravagance. Like it was just so opulent and so ostentatious and so bold and, and like over the top, but it makes so much sense with his, with his whole vibe, doesn't it? Yeah, it's exactly, I mean, it's exactly what I would expect his house to be like. It's not like... Obviously, it is insane. It is so gorgeous. The The pieces in it are so nice. And it's like, I can't even get over it. It's not what I personally would want. It's just not my design aesthetic. But it is a spectacular house. He said, because I was building it in my hometown, I wanted the structure to stand firm for 100 years. I wanted it to have a monumental scale and feel. It will be one of the things I leave behind. So it had to be timeless and strong. It's overwhelming high luxury. That message is delivered through the size of the rooms and the the materials and details of the floors and the ceilings. I wanted to make sure people can see the work I've put in over the years reflected from every vantage point. We definitely could. 
I mean, ceilings that high don't exist in a, like places other than Drake's home. I've never seen a house with ceilings that high. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you guys have to think 50,000 square feet. Think of a studio apartment in Manhattan is, let's say, anywhere between 400 and 1,000 square feet. That is like 50 studio apartments. It's cra- No, it's absolutely a crazy, crazy house. It is absolutely insane. I'm sure you guys saw this, but the kitchen is obviously, you know, this white marble, the, I mean, I can't even, he the had a- uh, gorgeous. Of all of the rooms in the house that like I would actually see myself taking elements from, that kitchen. I've never seen an island like that. That was a fucking hunk of marble. Hunk. He has his, ma- the bathtub in his master bath is 4,000 pounds of faceted black marble. Yeah, no, that's, that's. This is a very specific reference that not many people will get, but it's like for a split second, I felt like this is what Lisa Hochstein wishes her house was like. That is the tub that Rev Run wishes he was sending texts from. Truly, yes. They had an indoor pool, full basketball court, um, this chandelier, which was, okay, this is the most insane chandelier. It was originally designed by this guy, Hans Harald Rath, for, um, to, like to decorate the Metropolitan Opera in New York City in 1963. And it has more than 20,000 pieces of hand-cut Swarovski crystals. It's the second largest installation of its kind in the world, which this, when you see it, you can obviously understand that. Like I just, the whole time I was looking at it, I was like, okay, from a, as a spectator, this is fascinating. You know, like I want to see every single room, but imagine living there. Did you expect Drake to have a Birkin collection? So I was going to ask you, is he just waiting for when... I don't know. Imagine you're like dating a guy and he's like, by the way, I have an entire closet of Birkins that are just waiting for when Imagine you're dating a guy and it's Drake. (laughs) Yeah, also that. (laughs) I I just, I don't know. You know, I was was thinking though, because obviously they shot this, you know, pre-quarantine. And I was wondering if it was going to be the kind of thing where like his publicists were going to really try to not have it come out now because it could come across as so insensitive. But I felt like people understood that clearly- this was not meant to happen this way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I also think that this goes hand in hand with his music video and the music video was shot inside of his house. And I think it was slated to come out together at the same time, no matter what. Yeah. Like the I thing think about- the, the music video in the house and, and doing Arc Digest was all just a big pr- like promotional thing. Yeah. I mean, the thing about the thing about this house, again, whether or not you like it is like, there, the attention to detail was profound. Every every oh, last yeah. thing, every last thing. It was just you know it was just massive and really powerful. I can't imagine being a kid growing up there. Like I just have so many questions. I want more footage. You know, like the, the stage pictures were amazing, but I want footage of how he actually lives in it. I know. Me too. I mean, also like <laughs> it's just him and his son in there. Like that house is massive massive Julie you could live in that house and not tell Drake and he would never know he would have no idea maybe bump into each other in the pool and even then I think you could like plan an escape it's huge dark and his entire pool is probably the length of my house also I don't think he's going into the Birkin closet like I think that's just the only reason that he'll be in the Birkin closet is because if you notice the shoe collections right behind the Birkins that's true that's true. Oh, I could really make a life for myself. With Are the Birkins a decorative piece in the closet? That's my question. And if so, holy shit. Like, is Drake <laughs> a Birkin wearer or like, is Drake a Birkin collector and it's just sitting there like it's a statue? 
Like, we thought fucking Kim and Kanye were wild for letting North draw on a Birkin. Meanwhile, Drake has them as decorative art pieces. Right. Literally. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Some wild shit. I don't know. Anyway, Julie and I lost our minds when this came out. If anybody hasn't seen it, I highly, highly recommend doing so. You will not regret seeing this home. Yeah. I um, agree more. Yeah. The next thing we wanted to talk about was SNL. So, you know, they tried to do what everybody else was doing and kind of make use of technology, which is for a show that has been around for as long as SNL. And like you were saying, every single Saturday night, you saw the exact same set you knew was coming. It's a very bizarre experience to watch it this way. It was one of those things where it kind of hit you. Like for me, obviously it has hit me multiple times how weird of a time we're in, but it's not until I was watching SNL, which I have watched every single Saturday since I was little and watched them do it in the exact same studio. Like, you know, shows are constantly changing. Like you have different sets, you have different things, but with SNL, it's like you have known that since the day that show started, it is in the exact same spot it's always been. So it is so weird to watch it for the first time ever and not be filmed in that spot. Yeah, it is. It's, it's very bizarre. I mean, it was also probably for them too, you know, yeah, like the, the crew even. So Tom Hanks hosted, which was just so apropos considering, like he said, he was really the first celebrity to know about this, the you know, to be effect, infected with COVID. And he kind of said like, I am now America's dad more than I ever was. And he does the opening monologue from his kitchen, which Something hilarious was Twitter's response. Did you see this? Twitter's response to Tom Hanks's kitchen. Yeah, because they were like, "What is this?" <laughs> well, where I think okay, the, the question is number one: Is this actually his kitchen, and he's just modest? Because not that it wasn't a nice kitchen, but you think when you think Tom Hanks, Rita Wilson, you envision this massive thing. Like other people were, to Drake's than you do like your aunt's kitchen, right? Other people were like, "Was it his guest house?" Um, or other people were like, "Is he just?" a modest guy and we all have ridiculous expectations and nobody knows the answer yet. I don't think it's been revealed, but it's just very funny. I like that that was the guest guest house. I, I have to, you know, the thing that's so funny though, is like, okay, this is going to be where I think having in this climate where everything is on zoom and the most you can see is the little bit of people's homes, you know, like we yeah. see it with Jimmy everything in the entire world. Yeah, it shows you that this experience shows you why Cribs was so successful. Like there is nothing more fascinating than seeing the inside of someone's house for some reason, no matter who it is. Because I think that seeing the inside of somebody's house tells you everything you need to know about them. It's so, so, so true. There is nothing more personal and nothing more like, especially for a celebrity who has the opportunity and the ability to do whatever they want with their home like especially somebody with the magnitude and the money that Tom Hanks has, there is nothing more intimate and personal and explains them better than what the inside of their house looks like. Yeah. I mean, listen, it is very possible that this was, that it was a very conscious decision on his part to not do it in their main kitchen. If that wasn't their main kitchen, because he recognized like he didn't want to come off insensitive in a time when a lot of people are not living that. Which is like so ironic to film it in your in your guest house, which is has a kitchen that people are debating could possibly be your regular kitchen, but they aren't exactly sure. But it's still that nice for a guest house to film it in there instead of doing it in your regular house so it doesn't come off as too much. Do you like the irony in that statement? Yes. I can't believe we're having this conversation, but it's just so funny. That's what the people ran with. Also, which we'll get into some of the other skits, but you and I were talking about this. It's very bizarre not having a laugh track. It's so weird. Well, I, I didn't like think about it until I was watching SNL last night. And I was like, wait a second. I'm used to being told when to laugh. How do I know if you're being funny if I'm not being told to laugh? Julie, 
but you know, first of all, yeah, but also I was thinking for his sake, right? Like for their sakes, what do you think they did? Like he's there, Rita Wilson's holding the cue cards for him and he's just going to like, I guess hope this lands, you know? Yeah. It's like, I, I guess when you're doing it yourself, you have to kind of make a laugh track in your head. It's kind of like when you have like an argument in the shower and you like come up with your own responses. Yeah, that's you exactly it. Because otherwise it's just so weird. You like, if you take a moment and realize like, think about Pete Davidson filming his own music video in his mom's basement. Like if you, you have to take a moment and understand what you're doing. Otherwise it would just be too weird to do. Yeah, so Pete Davidson did uh, shot a music video for a song called This is a Drake Song, directed by his mom in the basement of his mom's house. Like, all things considered, I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, listen, SNL is is one of those shows where it's like, you're going to get some funny things and you're going to get some things that are just not funny. And that's, last night was a typical SNL episode. Like, even though it wasn't typical in any way, shape or form, the fact that you get like, a, a sketch making fun of a Drake song, a sketch making fun of Zoom, a sketch, you know, imitating Timothy Chalamet. Like that's as basic SNL as you're going to get no matter where you're filming it. It's so true. They also did a tribute to Hal Wilner, who was the record producer that kind of oversaw sketch music for the show. And he recently passed away due to COVID complications. He was 64. And you could just tell from the way that everybody was speaking about him, the impact that he had on the, the cast. It was everybody from... Adam Sandler, John Mulaney, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Molly Shannon, Bill Hader, everybody um, just, you know, spoke about how kind of a person he was. And it was, I mean, I was just, I texted you, you, I was like, I am bawling my eyes out. Yeah, it was really sweet. I mean, it's also one of those things when you like recognize the legacy of SNL and the people that have been there so long when they span the generation of going from Molly, Molly Shannon and Adam Sandler all the way to, you know, Pete Davidson and Kenan Thompson talking like you have been there forever when you're able to span that many generations. Yeah, it was really, it was really, um, did I ever tell, did I ever talk about this on the, on the podcast? Betty White? The, yeah, did I say that story? Um, I don't know. Well, the only reason I was going to mention it is because, I'll t- okay, I'll tell you guys what I'm talking about. Um, so we, I don't even know when my grandma was still alive. So maybe let's say 10 years ago or so. Betty White was hosting SNL and it was like my grandma's dream to meet her. And we knew someone there and we went, it was me, my mom, my aunt, my grandma, my dad. And we went backstage and Betty, you know, we met Betty, my grandma met Betty. It was like amazing. We were sitting and just being backstage, you see how many people go into every, making every single thing happen. You know, like yeah. there's so many, cause, cause this guy, Hal, like of course he was a obviously a fucking superstar, but we wouldn't have known him by face or by name to the general public. But it just shows you like the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes to make it a production. Oh, it's incredible. It's it's really one of those things that is so incredible to see in person. It's like everything you've watched because it's like, it's, it's really an experience. Yeah, really. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because Realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and 
every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Next thing we wanted to talk about was this Florence Pugh-Zach Braff situation. So just to remind you guys, Florence Pugh, most known from Little Women, she's 24 and she's dating Zach Braff, who is 45. Backstory, they first sparked dating rumors April 2019 and December of 2019, Zach commented a queen emoji on a picture of her and someone replied to his comment and said, at Zach Braff, you're 44. And she responded, and yet he got it. Remember we posted that? Yeah, I remember. That was crazy. So basically it was his birthday um, last week and he posted with a caption, a picture of him. And she wrote, today we shall- Yeah, she posted a picture of him and she said, today we shall smile wider than the clouds are gray, April 6th and we're celebrating hard. Happy birthday wishes, boogies and cheers for this special person. Raise those bubbles and jiggle. And basically she had to turn the comments off because people were brutal, really just coming after them for their 21 year age difference. And she went on um, Instagram, IGTV and she, I'm going to read what she said. Should I read it? It's it's worth it. Yeah, read it. She said, on Monday, I posted a photo in honor of Zach's birthday and I wrote a birthday message underneath. Within about eight minutes of the photo being posted, I had about 70% of the comments hurling abuse and being horrid and basically bullying someone on my page. It's the first time in my entire Instagram life that I've had to turn off the comments on my page. I've never been an Instagram page that encourages that. I will not allow that behavior on my page. I'm not about that. It makes me sad during this time when we really all need to be together. We need to be supporting one another. We need to be loving one another. The world is aching. The world is dying. And the few of you decided to bully for no reason. I want to underline this fact. I don't need you to tell me who I should and should not love. And I would never in my life ever, ever tell anyone who they can and cannot love. It's not your place. And really, it has nothing to do with you. It's embarrassing and it's sad. I don't know when cyberbullying became trendy. If those rules are something that you do, that you do not like, then please unfollow me because the abuse that you throw at Zach is abuse that you throw at me. And I don't want those followers. I have to say... Like, if we're being totally honest, I was not that familiar with her before watching this IGTV. Like, I feel like oh, these three, because I didn't see Little Women. Um, and I feel like, I don't know, I just, I, I always kind of liked her peripherally, but I didn't really engage with her stuff. And I, I, I don't know, I liked her vibe so much. I thought she came across so like proudly and confidently with all, without being aggressive about it. And I just thought she conveyed herself so well. Yeah, I so agree. I mean, I think that this is one of those relationships that's been getting shit since the beginning. Um, And I remember, I think the first time I became aware of it was that comment in December. I had no idea they were dating previously. And I think most people didn't. And ever since then, everyone's kind of had a comment about it. And my whole thing was, I was thinking about this earlier today. And I was like, if she was dating like Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio, like people wouldn't care about the age difference. Do you get what I mean? You're so right because he's not seen as this heartthrob people have a right. problem with, which is like very fucked up. Right. I mean, think about how many people in Hollywood, I mean, and listen, it's not like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio is without getting shit for who he decides to date and how young they are, but it's usually in the form of a joke. Like it's usually in the form of a meme. It's usually in like a something poking fun at the fact that he does a date above 20. It's never like abusive comments towards him. Or if you go to Camilla Marone's Instagram, it's not like it's being flooded with comments about their age difference. 
Yeah, I think people have a really hard time when like they can't see it for themselves. Right. I also think this is like such a weird thing to say, but I think that a lot of it plays into it, which is this like God complex that heterosexual males put on like a Leonardo DiCaprio or a Brad Pitt because they're like, oh, dude, I wish I wish I could pull like that. But then when it when it's Zach Raff, it's not seen with that and it's seen with like jealousy that is then taken out meanly. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know what you mean. It's really, I think it's like an interesting thing to say the way that everyone reacts to it. And I think that, I think that the entire, you know, scope of Hollywood men dating women in their twenties has become obviously such a like point of contention. And I think that Florence and Zach Braff like have fallen in the middle of that when it, it was, when I don't think that they ever wanted to be the center of that attention. Yeah. Like Zach Braff, so, from what I know, and I don't know his dating history well, but I don't believe that he is a like serial 20s dater. I don't know, Julie, I don't know. I think there's a big difference there. Yeah, I totally, I agree. I don't know. I, I just realized that I don't know much about him, like personally. Yeah, it's like he kind of, I don't know. I think he stays out of it, but like for the most part, and I think it's kind of why it's weird for him to be pulled into it right now. Because has never been like a huge point of conversation. And Florence Pugh obviously is like newer to the, to the Hollywood scene. I mean, she's a huge name right now, but she's newer. Yeah, so true. So, you know, we saw Ariana Grande, a lot of people commenting in support of her. The reason we didn't post it, honestly, is because those IGTVs, when they're more than three minutes and they're more than one minute, it's like a real bitch to... It has to be seriously worth it. We either yeah. have to feel like it's okay to we either have to feel like it's okay to cut their message down to a minute, or it's worth its own post. And there were just it was a formatting nightmare, but we wanted to talk about it because I thought it was worth mentioning. Oh, this next fucking thing, Julie. They did Mandy Moore for a while, remember? Who Zach? Zach Braff did in like two yeah. thousands. That's the only one I can remember, and also his co-star from Scrubs. But I can't like think of any others. Wait, this next thing. I'm sorry, we have to talk about this. Oh my god, yeah. Okay, so federal prosecutors released the rowing photos of Olivia Jade and Isabella, who are obviously Lori Laughlin's daughter, the pictures that were used to help them get into USC. So as you guys know, they were um, gotten under the this whole false identity of being on the rowing team, and it was pictures of them on the rowing machines. So they also, with the photos, they also released email correspondence where, do you want to explain what happened here? Yeah, so Lori Laughlin's husband had emailed Isabella's photos to Rick Singer, who was like the mastermind behind the college scandal. And this happened in September 2016. And the reason that he had sent them was because earlier there was an email from Rick Singer saying, Lori Amas, I met with USC today and I need a PDF of her transcript and test scores very soon while I create a Coxwain portfolio for her. It would probably be probably help to get a picture of her on an ERG workout in clothes like a real athlete too. So the photo was coming at like the direct request of him. And then what's also interesting, one of the emails was after Isabella was accepted to USC, he emailed his financial advisor, Lori Laughlin's husband, and said, good news, my daughter is in USC. Bad news, I had to work the system. Oh my God. That's so crazy. This whole situation is fucking wild. They're, so their trial is scheduled for October. I have absolutely no idea how this is going to go down. I really don't know. It, I really don't know. I don't know either, but... I know part of me knows, but I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to say I know. Well, I just think how many times, even though all of the evidence is pointing so like clearly, you never know with this shit. No, you do never know. And I am sure, you know, Lori is the best defense team that money can buy. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but God, is there a lot of evidence stacked against them. Those fucking pictures. It's like, you just think it can't get more. I don't My know. question is, I just don't understand how they're not smart enough to not have a paper trail. Why are there so many emails back and forth? Why is there an email to your financial advisor? Just go meet him in person. Because honestly, what it comes down to is just the privilege thing. Like when you think you're above the law, you're not as careful as you probably should be. And I don't, I'm not even saying, I'm just saying that because I think it's factual. I think that's exactly what was going on. Never you know, create a paper trail. Yeah, they clearly you haven't been to watching. watch more crime shows. I was about to say, they clearly have not been watching Criminal Minds. Um, okay, next thing was a Selena Gomez music video for her song, Boyfriend. And in the music video, it shows her on a date with three different men and they all eventually turn into frogs. So this of course sparked like a lot of drama and her album Rare has already kind of been noted as making references to the end of her relationship with Justin. And fans had thought that Boyfriend was directed more towards The weekend because in his music video for Heartless, um, he transforms into a frog after licking one. So there was a lot of like anecdotal stuff being pulled here. It's not like Selena came out and said that, but can I be honest? What? Like, I didn't, I like was, I, I was expecting, I had all this hype for the music video and then I watched it and was like, wait, I'm like, so not into this. As a song or like the comparisons? Any of it. I just didn't, I don't know. I, w- I didn't, I don't like the song and I like a lot of her songs. I love Lose You to Love Me. I don't like the song. And I also um, just didn't think the video was worth the hype. I mean, I obviously agree with you. I think the thing that's, I think the things that's most noteworthy about Selena Gomez is not in what her, like, I, I think in the stories that come about, I don't think the most noteworthy things are her things. I think it's the way that people will draw any comparison they can make. Selena could shoot a music video in a black room and people will find a way to make it about Justin or in this case, yeah. The weekend. I mean, a lot of people were saying she's so smart because if you Google Selena Gomez's boyfriend, obviously now the first thing that comes up is the um, is the song and the music video. Right. For- like rumors. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm very big supporter of her, very happy for it. I just didn't see all the hype around this that everybody else did. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. No, I don't think you are. I think that, listen, I think that Selena Gomez music fans and her fans are very proud of her and very supportive of her. But I don't think that every single person is automatically going to like what she puts out. I think it's a very acquired taste. Not yeah. a very acquired we- taste. What I mean, it's just like, if you're not a huge per- a person who's like huge into pop music in general, then you're never going to like be attracted to her type of music. Yeah. I mean, you know, I like, I love Lucy to love me though. Yeah. It's a, banger. <laughs> it's a banger. Also not every song that an artist is going to put out is going to be great. It's very rare that you have an artist where you feel like everything they put out, you like. For example, Justin, I could literally yummy, take it or leave it. Intentions. Fuck with that. Very hard. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Justin's whole album. But like not every song that Justin's ever put out is amazing. It just happens. Yeah. Um, but I am really happy for Selena. I think yeah, she's of course. in a better space than she's been in a really long time. Yeah, I hope okay. so. So Kelly and Peter from The Bachelor, as you guys know, a couple weeks ago, we saw them in Chicago, not social distancing, really being together, sparked all these rumors. And they kind of confirmed the fact that they were quarantining together, at least for a period of time. They have now left quarantine together. And Peter went on Nick Vile's podcast, Vile Files, and he spoke about Kelly saying, are we dating? No. Do I love spending time with her? Absolutely. We're not dating. Could I see that in the future? Yeah, of course. I'd be extremely lucky and very happy if that happened. Of anyone, I'm the last person that needs to rush into any kind of a relationship. Just had an engagement that didn't work out. 
I just was trying to pursue things with another woman that didn't work out. That's why right now I'm just taking it really, really slow, which like, first of all, as you should. Right. Like, please <laughs> take it actually slower. Yeah. And well, I actually about- feel like you're not taking it slow enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, okay. They went on Caitlin Bristow's podcast. I think they went on Allie and Rachel's. They went on, she, he went on Nick's. There was a bunch of different podcasts, to be honest. You guys know Julie and I are not like big bachelor people. I wasn't going to listen to all of them, but I have to just say, if you remember at the very beginning of the season, remember we, I started the podcast like, you know, Julie, I watched the first episode. I think I'm going to watch the season. And then of course that faded. But in the beginning, I really liked Peter and I have lost, I think he's still a nice guy, but like, I've just lost so much respect for him that when he's talking, I'm thinking, Kelly, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, listen, whatever respect I had for him was lost when I watched him do a TikTok to the box. So no, that was traumatic. So it was traumatic. I was, I was never a Peter fan. You weren't. I, no, I was. I just. I never got it. I never understood why he was the bachelor. I never understood what the appeal was. And any time that I watched the show, I was like, "You are just addicted to the drama." Well, and as we, I told you that that in that article that yeah. we read, Washington Post wanted that showed like, of course he likes crazy. That's what he was brought up with, and that was his first like view of women um, by his mom. But what I want to say was so interesting after after the final rose when he you know, asked out, the whole thing happened with Barb and Maddie, et cetera. We see the next day when they're all posting the pictures, Barb commenting on the picture, on Kelly's picture being like, you were always my favorite from the beginning, et cetera. And then a week later, two weeks later, we see them together. Like, I think, I'm not saying Peter wasn't always a Kelly fan. He was, they had their connection, et cetera. But like, Barb had something to do with that whole thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I would. I mean, I don't doubt it. She was, she was vocally, she was vocally very, big into Kelly. And I think Peter just values her opinion more than anything. It's like as the word of God. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. It's really interesting to watch him just like, oh God. and in any capacity. I'm like so intrigued by him as a person. I can't even tell you. It's, it's really bizarre. I really, you know, I feel like Chloe, like my judge of character was off. I mean, it wasn't because I don't think he's a bad guy, but I just was surprised at how weak he is. I was surprised at how much you liked him in the beginning. Cause he's a sweetheart and he doesn't try to do all that bullshit that a lot of them other, like them. I don't know. I, I, I thought he what was different. Mean? Like he seemed different, but he seemed, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it, it, I just can't, I don't want to talk about it more. <laughs> Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time consuming process. If you're not using products that really work for you, and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Okay, before we get into a little bit of a TikTok conversation, I just wanted to say that tonight, the eighth episode of Tiger King, which was an exclusive 
um, interview series that Joel McHale did with a lot of the cast members came out and it came out like right before we were about to record. So I didn't get to finish the whole thing, but Julie, you have to watch this. Am I going to be happy with it? Because sometimes I feel like the aftermath of things, like it ruins it. No, it did not ruin it. He basically did, again, I didn't finish it, but Joel McHale from The Soup, who used to host The Soup, he did interviews with um, Jeff and Lauren Lowe. He did Eric, remember Eric? Um, Pretty much everyone, everyone obviously besides Joe and besides Carol. And a couple of hilarious things. Eric, which is, you know who he is. He's the guy with the long blonde hair. Yeah, of course. So he hasn't watched the show yet. He hasn't watched the documentary yet. He's the only one that hasn't watched it yet. He's like, cause I'm working too much. And he's like, but you know, it's crazy. I see all these memes or memes or memes. <laughs> it's so funny. And he like, doesn't understand the reference yet. And Joel McHale's like, you got to tell Jeff Lowe that you need to break. You have to watch, you have to watch the documentary. You're like such a star. That is so funny. I know. And they talk to, you know, of course, Jeff says the whole thing, how he's not happy with his portrayal. Although Everybody else thinks that he was portrayed exactly as he is, which is a little bit evil. Um, a couple of other notable things notable things were Saf, who we spoke about last time, was previously misgendered in the first seven episodes. And Joel McHale asked him, like, how did that feel? And he was like, honestly, I wasn't as upset, but the public had a real problem with it. Um, but he kind of like set the record straight as to his gender identity. And then... Um, this, do you remember when we had the episode with Justin and we were talking about Tiger King? I said Josh Dial, who was Joe's campaign manager, sure. like he watched Travis shoot himself. Like he, and I was like, I know for a fact he didn't get any counseling, and I know that, that must have really fucked with him. Right. He literally, it was as if he heard the podcast. He was like, Yeah, you know, after I never got any counseling, he's like, and neither did Joe. Joe just went to a shaman. He was like, and I, it really fucked with me. He's like, I basically am starting a GoFundMe to see if I can raise money to get counseling. And then once I do that, you know, hopefully I'll be able to get back on the campaign trail. Oh, um, no. Oh, my God. That's crazy. There was a noticeable difference in him. He was like very, he, I think he's really struggling, understandably so. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, it was very interesting. I think the, the the person that has the least, that speaks the most kindly of Joe is Saf. Ironically, the person that got his arm eaten right. by a tiger. Um, but he said, he's like, listen, did he, was justice served? Yes. He's like, but I do not want to see that man die in jail, which I don't think anybody else gives a fuck. That's so interesting. Yeah. It was. Wow. You got to watch it. I mean. Well, I'm going like, to, of course. It wasn't like groundbreaking. I was obviously wishing, like hoping for additional footage, but all things considered, I thought it was great. I mean, Joel McHale, I was kind of just like you are the last person I'd expect to do this job. How did he get that gig? Amazing gig for him, no? Yeah, oh my God, good for him. I just like was wondering why of all people in the Tiger King world, he was picked to to take on that coveted role. I don't know, I guess because David Spade already did his one-on-ones. That's true. Although David, I feel like, yeah, he already had the interviews down. That's true. Yeah, what I will say about what they did here was they shipped everyone an iPhone, so the quality was excellent. Oh, wow. Yeah, we didn't have any of those, like, problems. Excellent. I'm glad to see that, actually. Yeah. And they're also, you know, they're, they're big on Cameo now. They, they recognize the guy, I forget his name, the, the guy that doesn't have legs, said that he, one, his divorce isn't finalized with his wife, but he has a new girlfriend. And he said, listen, I haven't worn, the only time I've worn pants in the last 20 years is the day that I went to court for Joe's judgment. He was like, I show off, he's like, I don't have legs, so I show off the design on, on my prosthetics. He's like, and so I'm going to wear shorts. He's like, so everybody recognizes me because of my legs. 
Oh my God. That's so was, funny. Yeah. It was, he's like, I can't go. He's like, listen, they don't care about COVID. They want to take a picture of me. They want to shake my hand. He's like, it's crazy that in the midst of a global pandemic, you know, we have fans coming up to us. I'm like, oh my God, these people's lives were forever altered. Forever. Forever. Julie, you got to watch it. I have to finish. I have like 10 minutes. Literally, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to go watch. I know. I just, I had to, um, I had to talk about it because I I literally watched it like an hour ago as much as I could before we started. And I need all the content in the world. I just need more of it. I know. Me too. Uh, wait, and other, one other thing. Remember on the episode, sorry, so much to say, remember the episode <laughs> with Justin when he, was, when he was like, listen, you know that what's going to end up happening is that with the nanny that Jeff and Lauren got, that Lauren's going to end up spending more time with her than Jeff does. Yeah, that's what they so, said. See, well, that's what that's what Justin said. So when when uh, Joel McHale asked them, like, you know, so how's the nanny? Literally the first thing Lauren's like, oh my God, she's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. I don't that's know. So funny. Yeah, I can't wait for you to watch. But I just wanted to touch on that before we got into the TikTok stuff. Um, something that I think we decided is people seem to really be into the TikTok stuff. So I guess every week we'll try to spend like a couple minutes, I don't know, on a normal week, like three minutes. If there's more, of course, we'll do a whole segment on it. Um, but I guess just the drama of this week and we updated you guys on the whole hype house thing last week. The biggest drama that happened this week was with Nessa Barrett, who is Josh Richards's girlfriend. She's not, as you know, Josh Richards is in the sway house and Nessa's like friends with everyone. And she's very much one of these popular creators. And she posted a video a couple of days ago, dancing like provocatively to, um, the, a verse of the Quran that this old man was singing. She did it because in her words, like, she thought he sounded cute. She apparently didn't know what it was. It sparked backlash, like one of the worst I think I've ever seen on TikTok. It was obviously so disrespectful to the Muslim community. Um, she then took it down and her apology the first time was like very not well received. She came back on again. I can't tell you what's going to happen, but what I can tell you is TikTok is mad. And Josh is also getting a lot of shit, which totally misplaced. It's not his fault that she fucked up. Um, but I'm curious to see what happens there. I have so many feelings about TikTokers that I shouldn't have. Not because like, I don't want to have them just because it's like, why am I letting you consume my space so much? And Josh Richards is one of those people. The community was, and obviously, you know, rightfully so outraged. And I think she, the thing is like what I always say with these people is that people fuck up bad and no one is defending them. But to go after these 16, 17 year old people with, with the, just the intensity. It's just, I don't know. I get scared for them. You know, it's like you have 6 million followers and so many of those people, imagine millions of people coming at you, leaving the most disgusting comments, death threats, et cetera. It's like she fucked up and she should totally have to pay for that, but not in this way. I think that it's a really big lesson to them in like what they do on the internet. Because one of the things that we have spoken about so much with TikTok is that it's not that there seems to be no consequences for their actions on TikTok. It seems to be that there's no like thought process into what could potentially happen or potential consequences of their actions. Like everything is, do- is done without a second thought. And usually it's on a much less harmful basis. It's usually just like a little bit, maybe too provocative, a little bit, maybe like if an impossible future employer saw that they wouldn't look well, like we've had this conversation so many times. And I just think that when something like this happens, it is so upsetting for every party involved, people who were offended, as well as, 
you know, the person who did it, not thinking and not meaning to offend anybody. And I think it is a really good lesson for everybody who's on TikTok to learn because the age demographic is so young that they're doing things without thinking. When you are that young, you don't think about possible consequences. Your brain doesn't work like that at that age. Yeah, I I completely agree with everything you said. And I also think that a lot of the like snap judgment mindset that we see on TikTok, in addition to just being the age and the lack of like awareness, et cetera, all those things. But also I think as a result of the way that the app works, like everything on there is so immediate and so quick that you're more likely to fuck up when you're doing a seven second video that you can just turn out 10 a day than if you're doing putting a lot of thought process into a YouTube video, for example. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. It's like, it's, uh, listen, no matter who you are at some point or another, you're going to fuck up. That's human nature. It's, it's, it's inevitable. Obviously there's a scale to those fuck ups and there is a, you know, a resp- the, the whole thing is that there's a responsibility that afterwards you have to accept and you have to be able to, you know, come forward and do that the right way. And I think that all of this is just a really important lesson for them and not only how to try and figure out how to not have scandals and not do things that get you in trouble, but also how to figure it out in the aftermath of inevitably doing so. Totally agree with you. The other thing that I wanted to say is that there's this trend, which if you're on TikTok, you know about the mug shots. So it's the song like, take me out to the back of the shed and then you fake your mug shots, et cetera. And Charlie posted one and she was like, my parents aren't letting me do the mug shot trend. So I'm doing this instead. And she basically like remade one of her Halloween costumes from when she was a kid. But her parents got so much support about that. Like, okay, wow, we have someone who's grounded in reality. Like someone, you know what I mean? Someone who's being like, that's the number one question. When anybody who I like turn on to TikTok or is watching TikTok and knows I'm in it, the first question they ask me is, where are these people's parents? It's like when you were watching a teen show, like One Tree Hill or The O.C. and you were like, where is everybody's parents? Like where, why are, why is nobody getting their parents involved? That's how it feels watching TikTok. And when you see Charlie do something, not only just her parents are dancing with her, but they've actually like, you, they show some sign of parenting that you haven't seen yet. You're like, oh, good. It's nice to see that there's some regulation happening in these kids' lives. Yeah. I'll say it a million times. I think that she, I think that they were both brought up really, really well. And I think that you're going to see with a lot of these kids that, you know, the, the parental support, I just think is, makes, makes all the world of difference. Of course. I so agree. Um, the other two things that I want to say about TikTok, just in case people were confused, is Z Smitty, that's his username, and this girl Olivia Ponton, who is dating Key. I'm so in. I, I don't know insane. who any of these people are. Oh my god, I'm, I'm embarrassed for you to keep speaking. No, I, Julie, I'm telling you, there will be someone who will inbox us and being like, "I was curious about this." If you don't like it, just just scroll. But it's big TikTok news. So Olivia Ponton, who is dating Keo from the Sway House, she's a, that tall, gorgeous blonde, and she and this guy Z Smitty both got in trouble because on April, I think it was April Fool's Day, they posted. There was that new trend with that song that's like. Girls like girls who like whatever the thing is. And basically you say what what applies to you. And so they both did a prank where they came out as bisexual, which clearly is like very wrong. and oh, they're not? They just said it as a prank? They're not. They did it as a, as a prank. Um, again, not realizing again, how much. Oh my God, I can't. Some things though are just stupid. I, I understand, but that's what I'm saying. It's like we gave, this is such a larger conversation that really needs to be a bonus episode, but- what what happened is that these kids, these young kids gave these people such a platform because really what they were drawn to them, some of them, their creative abilities, but a lot of them, just they're good looking kids. And they, you know, got this crazy influence seemingly overnight for a lot of these cases. And now they're like, they're not qualified in terms of having the experience to know how to, to know what's right or not. It's like, you know, it's just so scary when you give all this power to these people that are just simply not 
there yet. Right. Does that make sense? No, I know exactly what you mean. I just, I think that that's one of the things with TikTok is that most of the people who are getting big or getting famous is, it's an accident. It's like, it's they, didn't, they didn't, not most people were intending that they would have to do something where people were constantly watching them and judging their actions. They just thought they would look, be good looking on an app and they would get followers that way. And I think that this is one of the harsh realities of getting fame or getting well-known is that you now discover that there are consequences to your actions and you have to be smarter in ways that you didn't expect to. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And the I don't think people think about that before they do things. I don't think anybody who you know, gets famous doing something like this is like, okay, but what are the possibilities that I'm going to have to like get to this point and then start being careful? Like they just don't think that way. No, they don't. Did you see also the Gabe Fernandez thing with with Dixie? Basically this guy posted this video saying that, you know, when you find out Dixie D'Amelio is bi something and just like over-sexualizing the idea of being bi and she had to come out and be like, first of all, I'm straight and second of all, fuck you. Um, but it was the first time she ever spoke on it because the entire app speculates and makes all of these videos about it. And she's never said a word. Um, it's also this- so unfair. Like I have it's so many feelings about that. That is such a trend on, on TikTok, especially with her and talking about her as they're being bi or gay. And it's like, if she hasn't come to that conclusion on her own, or if she just isn't at all, it is so unfair for somebody to try and somebody, let alone every single person on the app to try and dictate what you are. No, I completely agree. It's just running. It's it's like running rampant though. And she finally, that's what I like about her. She she just shuts it down, you know? Yeah. The app is so. not, I mean, listen, no one loves TikTok as much as I do, except for maybe you, apparently. But there are, <laughs> there's definitely a lot of things on the app that are very problematic. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. 
So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. Okay, do you feel comfortable moving on to the awards ceremony? You know what? I do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so funniest comment of the week, as voted on by our Patreon members, goes to Chrissy Teigen. The Cut had posted this like hypothetical six different quarantine houses. Where would you want to be with different celebrities? And house number three was Joe Exotic, Chrissy Teigen, Diplo, and Busy Phillips. And we posted that with like Kourtney Kardashian, January Jones, uh, Ladarius's comments. And Chrissy commented on our post and she was like, can't believe not everyone is saying three knowing that Joe would force Diplo to marry him. So good. So good. How I like have to know how it would feel to be a celebrity and not see your name on any like choose your quarantine house. Yeah, that has to be heartbreaking. They really span the spectrum in terms like, of that has to be heartbreaking to be the one celebrity that didn't get picked to go in any quarantine house in any format of this game. Yeah, there were a lot of formats. Yeah, my heart goes out to anybody who wasn't picked. <laughs> we That's like sad. <laughs> a lot of people um ask us about Patreon, like what it is and one of the things we do just like bonus content there. And one of the things that we did this month was we did an entire bonus episode based on like six different quarantine houses that we saw and we went through it. I, I was like kind of stoned doing it. It was so much fun. I had so much fun <laughs> that episode. Was, we were dying. I, we just like fuck around on Patreon. Like I would never record a regular episode stoned, obviously, but I feel like that's the whole point of it is to like. No, totally. You know? And I love it. Yeah. Well, it's, like the un, it's the uncut version of us. Exactly. It's the uncut version of us. Um, best clapback of the week. This is one that I have never been more proud to award. It goes to none other than our guy, heartthrob coronavirus warrior, Chris Cuomo. He posted, <laughs> as he does, uh, IGTVs from his show. And the headline was Passover in the Age of Another Plague. And someone comments, someone with a giant MAGA uh, avatar comments, praying this plague takes you out. And he responds, prepare for disappointment, punk. Oh my God, I can't. I can't with Chris Cuomo winning clapback of the week. Okay, I have so much to say. First of all, politics aside, whoever, who the fuck says that? That's like the most disgusting of the disgusting. Basically, you're wishing death on someone. So like, we're not even going to give that any time. But yes, I cannot believe we're in a world where all we wanted was like, to, to have some content around the Cuomo's and then this clapback just happened out of thin air. I know. I'm you so know? happy about it. And it did so well. I knew it would do so well. Fuck yeah, Chris. You, that motherfucker will be disappointed. <laughs> oh, I love to say, Julie, I got to tell you, when I was looking, you know, and I was just doing a little scroll, I started to look through his Instagram. Uh, we should, I have to make, we have to make some sort of like funny collage or something for TikTok. There are pictures of him that he has posted where he is like buff. It's like, it's total different version of what we see on the nightly news. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's a CNN Chris Cuomo and there's an at home Chris Cuomo. Oh my God. This was like Chris Cuomo unhinged. Truly. Uh, give me Chris Cuomo unhinged. No, it's all I want. Oh, anyway, as always, Chris, we wish you so well in this fight against Corona. I know you're going to kick its ass. Um. Okay, moving on to the Kardashian recap, if you feel comfortable, do you? Yes, please. Okay. First thing we want to say is happy birthday, True. True oh Thompson turned two years old. We actually literally five minutes ago just saw Chloe um, do an Instagram story with True and Tristan blowing out the candles. They seem to have an at-home Trolls-themed little bash, right? Yeah, it was cute. It was really sweet. But she had like, did you see all of the presents for her this morning? Yeah. Oh my god! 
it's fun. It's like kind of funny, you know, think about it. I can't remember the last time there's been a Kardashian, either regular, you know, adult or child birthday party that hasn't been some sort of like this extravagant thing. And they literally can't do it this year. Oh, wow. It's, you know, imagine if this is Kylie. I also have to say Kylie and Travis, they're definitely in the Palm Springs house, right? Yes, I think it's I think it's Kylie, Travis, Stormy, and maybe Chris and Corey there, but I'm not even sure if Chris and Corey are. It could just be just Kylie and Travis. But do you think Kylie was in Calabasas and then went to Palm Springs? Yeah. Yeah, that seems like what happened. I mean- Yeah, definitely. She hasn't been there the whole time, no. That video of them, I mean, of the play, the that bedroom with the bunk beds where there's a fucking TV in every bunk bed. No, that Palm Springs house is- Literally, I, I don't even have the words to describe the way I feel towards that house. But was that the first time you'd ever seen the bunk bedroom? Yeah, I think so. Or like, yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe they posted a picture in it, but I didn't know there was like a TV and everything and how big the beds were and how many fit in that room. For anybody who didn't see, we'll post it on the Patreon visual guide, but Kylie basically did an Insta story in one of the bedrooms in Palm Springs. And it was this gorgeous, like white, oh, just so such a beautiful kids room but every single one of the bunk beds had its own personal television like as if you were on a plane or something it was crazy i've it's never really seen that crazy. i have never seen that that's like no, it's it's insane and it's such a, like also it's just such a cool way of of doing a kids room because think about how like the the older ones obviously stay in there it's obviously like mason penelope north saint probably still yeah, they want different stuff. They can right. probably and then the little ones. What's really funny is that they posted that picture of Kylie and Travis in the Easter Bunny costumes yeah. as a mirror picture in the guest room, and you can see the Lucite crib in it. And everyone was posting it in the Patreon group, being like, "Why are there two cribs in the hallway? This is so weird." And I was like, "It's a mirror." And everyone was going back and forth. And my sister came in before, and she's like, "Isn't this so weird that they have like cribs in the hallway?" And I was like, "No, it's a mirror. Like, why can't you see they're taking a mirror selfie? Who else would be taking that picture of them?" That's so funny. I didn't it was even so funny that everyone in the Facebook group was talking about. It. And then my sister came in and was like, "What is going on here?" That's so funny. I mean, it wouldn't be the craziest thing just because there's so many aspects of that house that we know nothing about. Yeah, I know. I want I want every inch of that house. I am in love with that house. When when Drake's Architectural Digest thing came out, I was like, okay, Chris, your Palm Springs house is next. Like you, you're going to do it. I know it. I think she will too. Yeah, that, that's my yeah, dream. I fucking hope so. Yeah. Um, I see you have here Kylie Skin Hand Sanitizers. I don't know what that's about. Oh, she gave, she like donated like 6,000 like pounds of hand sanitizer. Oh, did she? Yeah. And somebody had put up a really nice post, like thanking her. Like I think it went to like a lot of hospitals in the, in the Calabasas area in the LA area. Oh, I didn't see that. Good for you. Guys. Yeah. Also you guys, Jordan won the masked singer. She was the kangaroo. Was she, did she win or she was just um, the kangaroo on it? I don't know how the mask singer works. Yeah. She won. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe she won. I thought it was like, I didn't know you could win. I thought they just like, guess who you are. <laughs> Wait, should I pause? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. No, keep it in. I, want, I don't know Wait. the math number. No, hold on, hold on. I, I gotta. Well, while well, well, I'm figuring that out, I don't. I don't watch it either. But I watched her whole thing. Um, but she, like, I've never like, I've never heard of anybody winning. It was just like whatever. Like it was like, oh, Lil Wayne was a frog. Oh, Jordan's a kangaroo. Like I didn't know there were winners. <laughs> I thought if you guessed it correctly, you won. Yeah. What the fuck? I'm. 
What's the last thing? I've never understood. Like, I've never had any concept of the show other than, like, you either are absolutely (laughs) obsessed with it or you just, like, see it pop up on Twitter sometimes. Yeah. Like, I wasn't expecting to be questioned. (laughs) Like, I just, like, first of all, like, I know that, like, if we're, like, she won, then somebody's going to inbox us to be, like, you don't win the mass Singer. But, like, then, like, doesn't somebody have to win? I have no fucking idea, but I did watch Lil her. Wayne won the mass Singer that time that he was, like, the frog or whatever? Who? Lil Wayne was the mass Singer once. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Full disclosure. I'm sorry. I know absolutely nothing about the show, but I did watch her performance and I did watch the fact that I guess apparently they have to, they have to guess. And throughout the entire thing, there had been a couple of clues that were, you know, related to the Kardashians. Jenny McCarthy had a hunch about it. I think Nicole Scherzinger also had a hunch about it. And, you know, first off, Jordan, uh, has a, Jordan has a beautiful voice. She's saying no air by Jordan Sparks. What? And- you didn't tell me that. Yes. I didn't no. <laughs> No. Um, no air. Does Isabel know that? <laughs> Wait, I feel like I'm every single thing that I said, every single thing that I said up until right now, I feel like I have to fact check because I'm realizing how little oh, I know. Don't worry about it. Listen, listen I, don't worry about it. This is the mass singer. We're not like the state of the union. It's okay if you screwed up some facts here. No, yeah, it was. Okay, I was right. Yeah, Kangaroo performs No Air by Jordan Sparks, just making sure that I was right. But, um, Nick Cannon said he he like said he's like you know I'm so happy that she this won't be just some girl associated with the Kardashians like now they'll think of something else like I think people were really 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 happy for her. and by the way she has a beautiful voice especially considering the fact that she hasn't done a lot of training does that mean Nick Cannon won the mass Singer if he guessed correctly no I think he's the host did Jenny McCarthy win so we know nothing about the mass Singer is actually what I would like to say. Um, we can, if anybody wants to educate us, feel free. You know, we typically, we typically research our points. I just, I don't know. I didn't even think that there was more to know there, but I guess there is. Are, we, right, are, are we doing this whole thing? Or are we keeping it in? Absolutely not. We're keeping it. <laughs> okay. Is, listen to me. Um, the, these are quarantine rules. There are no rules here. Yeah, fuck it. You're so we right. Edit- we are sending out our own podcast. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, it's being edited, but like, why make things difficult? Okay, fine. I'm I'm okay with people thinking that we're stupid for not knowing. <laughs> yeah, I know like a lot of other stuff. Yeah, me too. Um, is there anything else Kardashian-wise that you wanted to mention? Oh, yes. Um, Kim on Kim's stories showing how they're filming Keeping Up with Kardashians in quarantine. So interesting. So interesting. They have the entire crew on Zoom. They gave her instructions to a T. They have their confessionals filmed in their like guest bedrooms. It is so legit. They did their own makeup. (laughs) Isabel didn't know either. And go, Isabel, you know Jordan saying nowhere on the mass singer. She goes, No fucking way. <laughs> I'm so nervous that we randomly have an entire like podcast listener base of people that are diehard mass singer fans and they're so you? offended. But couldn't you totally see people randomly being so offended that we didn't know? You know what my favorite video of quarantine is? What? The video of Kim in the bathroom going, Yeah, I'm in the guest room bathroom because I'm hiding from my kids because they won't leave me alone. And all of a sudden you hear North in the background go, Hey, that's not nice. That was that was the best video. They put it on the shade room. Yeah, Kim was hilarious in there. I think she's going a little crazy. I think so, too. I I mean, listen, Kim is that she's not like, if there's one thing Kim's not used to, it's being home alone, like being home doing stuff at home. Yeah. I wonder how she's feeling about being married. I wonder how she's, if the whole, you know, 
you'd kill me for saying this, but I wonder if the her and Kanye work so well together because of how busy they both are and if she's feeling tested at all or if she's feeling happier than ever with her decision. Why would I send them to Wyoming? Yeah, that wouldn't be surprising. I don't know why they wouldn't have quarantined there. I mean, listen, it's not like they're pressed for space in their house. No, I know. But like, there's so many activities in, in Wyoming. Yeah, I don't know. And they have like so much land. So much. They could go hundreds and hundreds of acres without seeing another living person. They probably could do the same thing on their property. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. Um, I wonder if she can use the pool. Oh, that's me too. We'll have to ask her. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to ask her. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to mention? Rob and China, or we don't want to get into it? Oh, we can mention it. Um, there were new court documents that came out that are just like, just again with the whole Rob and China saga, that's like, long story short, Rob accused China in these court documents that there was a time where they had an argument where Black China allegedly attacked him with a iPhone charger and like strangled with him, him with it. And then he was like on FaceTime and she apparently like held a gun to his head or something, which is crazy. And I... This story just keeps getting worse with every single court document that's released. No, I, it's one of those things where it's like, you wish you didn't know, you know? Right. It's, it's such just, a, yeah, it's, it's such a toxic relationship. I think they both are, I just, yeah. it's it's, I, it's the two worst people that could have ever linked up. They're lucky they got a beautiful, healthy baby out of it. Um, But goddamn. Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah, it's not good. Not good. Um, anyway, and yes, by the way, I know this isn't directly Kardashian related, but we are very aware of Tyga's TikTok presence. I know a lot of people ask us about that. He is really doing that. I think he's killing it. He's killing it. I think he's killing it. It's the biggest Tyga fan I've ever been. I think, I think TikTok is the place Tyga belongs. Yeah. He really found a whole new platform there. (laughs) I thought you were going to say he really found a home. And I was like, you know what, Em? I couldn't agree more. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I think that's all, unless there's anything you want to add. No, that's it. I just like hate holidays like Easter and True's birthday when like they're not all together. I just feel so like we're missing the footage, which is really the worst part. I know. Yeah, but it's sad. Can you believe the twins? I mean, the triplets are all two. No, it's crazy. They're growing up. Time They're really growing up. Time really does fly when you only see people through a phone screen, you know? It's so true. Anyway, you guys, we love you so much. We will see you on Friday for our Kardashian recap episode. And remember, oh, I actually wanted to say shop.commonspicelebs.com for this entire month. We're donating 15% of our proceeds to direct relief. Um, and they really, they're an amazing organization that help to provide healthcare providers, healthcare workers with um, things they need to be on the front lines. So if you are interested in our merch, you should know that a portion of it is going to a really good cause. But okay, we love you guys. If you feel so inclined to write a review, that'd be amazing. And we'll see you on Friday. Bye.